personal branding is not a short-term activity. It's a long-term mindset. It's not just about, you know, oh, I'm going to get on LinkedIn for six months and see how I go. It's about this is who I am and I'm making a commitment to being seen and heard for who I am. For the long haul, I know I'm going to evolve. I know I'm going to change. I know I'm going to shift along the way, but I'm making a commitment to show up. You may be wondering, what exactly does personal branding mean? Does my personal brand matter? How can I start building it? On today's episode, we pick the minds of Carly Lyon, one of Australia's leading personal branding coaches. For the past two decades, Carly has helped to shape and grow the personal brands of truly remarkable individuals. Her clients range from supermodel Miranda Kerr, New York Times best-selling authors, pioneers in the world of wellness, musicians, and even a British foot reader. Today, she uses her experience and expertise to help everyday individuals, executives, and entrepreneurs to create shape and manage their personal brand. There are so many actionable insights in this one on how we can cultivate our personal brand. We hope you enjoy this chat. Hi, this is Janice. And I'm Sarah N. And we're your hosts for Explore This, a podcast for the modern day working professional. Each week, we explore actionable insights on how you can thrive personally and professionally. Carly, you have spent over two decades helping to shape and grow the personal brand of high profile individuals from supermodel Miranda Kerr to New York Times bestselling authors and many other remarkable individuals. We're so excited to have you today. Thank you so much for having me. Before we dive into our discussion on personal branding and how we can get about cultivating our own brand, let's talk a bit about the journey of how you got to where you are. How do you become the personal branding guru that you are today? Well, thank you. I'll take that as a big compliment. I never set out to do what I'm doing today. It actually happened quite accidentally. In fact, my whole career has been one big accident. So, you know, going right back to when I started in PR, it came down to me being very young and doing a lot of work experience and having a conversation with someone who I really admired, who's still a mentor to this day. And he said to me, you know, Carly, I think you'd be good in PR. So that was the whole starting point for me to go study PR. While I was in college, I started my PR consultancy and had three clients before I even graduated. In fact, I never graduated. I was too busy. So I just went and and started my business and did that for many, many years, traveled all over the world and represented you know, some really incredible clients, how I got those clients. I mean, each and every one is a different story, but it wasn't until I went on extended maternity leave that I realized throughout all of that time, I'd never done anything to build my own profile and to put myself out there. And I was now or then in a situation where I was thinking, well, what's my next step? I've taken this time off to have my children And why aren't people reaching out to me? Why aren't I getting all of the opportunities I thought I would get? And really what that came down to was a complete lack of visibility. People didn't know I was looking for opportunities. They didn't know what kind of opportunities I might be open to. So I was having a bit of a moment where I was a bit depressed and thinking, that's it. My career's done. I'm I'm over with. I'm just, you know, going to be a stay-at-home mom. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I admire women who do that. And 
I I decided for whatever reason, I don't even know why, I posted on a Facebook group, you know, just introduced myself, was a business women's Facebook group in Australia, introduced myself and said, this is who I am, this is what I've done, and I'd love to do something to help women in business. And from that post, I was inundated with requests from professional women on and for help with their personal branding. I hadn't even thought about the words personal branding, but it had suddenly become a thing and part of our vernacular because of social media. So that was the beginning of what I'm doing today, which is now coaching entrepreneurs and executives. Love it. Thank you for just sharing how supposedly accidental this whole path turned out for you. But look at where you are today. We have the privilege of getting to know more about all the thought leadership that you share with us on social media around personal branding and how that's so pivotal, especially Mm -hmm. in today's digital world. And so as Janice mentioned, Early in the introduction, Carly, you represented Miranda Kerr for about yes. seven years as her personal brand manager. And, you know, yes. we're, we're really curious, what was that like? And in what ways have these lessons learned from the experience shaped your approach in how you now coach executives as well as entrepreneurs? Yeah, it, it was an amazing experience. So I was fortunate enough to be there as Miranda went from a reasonably known model in Australia to suddenly this international superstardom. And it was an incredible trajectory to watch and to be a part of. And there were so many lessons that I learned through that experience and so many eye-opening experiences and really a fun time in my life and career. What have I learned from that experience and how does it apply to what I do today? I mean, it would be easy for most people to assume that there's a complete disconnect between representing a supermodel and then representing an executive and an entrepreneur. But really, the basis and the mechanics are very similar. When you're building the profile of an individual like a supermodel or a celebrity, at the end of the day, yes, they have bigger platforms, they have bigger reach, but what you're aiming to do is to engage an audience and to allow that audience to understand who they are as a person, what they stand for, what they represent, and really shape craft and I suppose amplify their personality and as a result their reputation. Well the same thing applies to an entrepreneur and executive. Maybe they don't have the same platform or they're not wanting to reach out to such a big audience. But at the end of the day, personal branding is all about really sharing who you are, what you stand for, what makes you you, what you're passionate about. So the mechanics are very, very similar. What a lot of people make the mistake of doing or thinking is that their personal brand is just what they do. They're in a functional role and they're communicating just functional information about what they do. And they're completely disregarding the importance and relevance of their story, their personality, their tone, their energy. These are all the things that actually other people connect with. So that's a great segue, Carly, as we lead into the whole topic of personal branding. And you mentioned mm-hmm. a moment ago about how that wasn't even a term that yes. people commonly used, I mean, a couple of years back, I suppose, but now it's something that we hear and read about so often on social media, especially LinkedIn, right? A professional network connection. And there's just 
usually so many types of reaction when people hear this word personal branding. But before mm. we even dive into the how-tos of cultivating our personal brand, although we're not supermodels ourselves, but how would you define in the Carly's definition of what a personal brand is and why it is important for us to even have it in the first place? So my ultimate definition, or, or I suppose the bigger picture of what a personal brand is, it's about how you are recognized and remembered. So how an individual is recognized and remembered, how they get to that point of shaping how they're recognized and remembered is to really start to consciously and purposely think about how they're bringing together all of their characteristics, their values, their skills, what they do, who they are, really consciously bringing all of that together and then displaying it or I suppose being aware of how they're showing up in each and every moment wherever someone encounters them, both offline and online. So there's that real consistency of how somebody feels when they've encountered you. And why would you say, you know, increasingly in this time of the digital age as well, mm. right? why is it even more important for us to start to proactively play a part in shaping that narrative? What is the importance of personal branding in your opinion? It's interesting because the actual term personal branding was coined in 1997 by a gentleman by the name of Tom Peters, who was a management guru. And so that was a long time ago, right? But as I said, it's really only become part of our vernacular as a result of social media. And the reason for that is whilst years ago, we may have had our reputation, people knew us for being a certain way or doing a certain thing. That was all really a figment in their minds. Whereas now we have the opportunity to spell out who we are, what we stand for in black and white on these online platforms. Why is it important is we are spending as a society, so much time in this online universe. This is how we are connecting. This is how we're building relationships. This is how we're developing influence, establishing credibility. In fact, the stats are, I don't know so much in every country, but certainly in Australia, the average adult Australian spends two hours a day on social media. I don't believe that. I think it's much more. And in fact, for anyone who has an iPhone and they get their screen time report. I remember the first time I started receiving my screen time reports, it was shocking. It's like sometimes four hours a day, but let's just base it on two hours a day. If you're spending two hours a day on social media over a 10 year period, that's 303 days spent in total in the online world. And the question that everyone needs to ask themselves is, is that online self helping you to get to where you want to go in life? Is that online self propelling you in the direction that you ultimately want to go? And if it's not, you're leaving a lot of opportunity on the table. So it's not a question now of if you're on social media and it's really a question of how well you're using social media 
to establish a personal brand and to create that voice and develop influence. Yeah, I mean, these are some shocking stats, but you're right. Like, I think similar, you know, when I saw my own screen report as well, I was like, I hope no one sees this. You know, I felt really (laughs) embarrassed. Like that was way too much time to be on social media. But let's double click a little bit about what you just talked about earlier, because I think it is truly undeniable that in this era right now, it's so important for us in order to have our online selves propel us towards the right direction yeah. and yeah. sort of the brand that we want to create. But having said that, a yeah. lot of people are really afraid to put themselves out there. Even before they think about shaping a personal brand, there yes. are really so many detrimental, self-limiting beliefs that they have in their minds. And you yes. actually wrote a really helpful and your most widely read LinkedIn article was specifically about that. So yes. you know, could you kind of talk us through these three detrimental self-limiting beliefs and how yeah. we can start to reframe these beliefs? Yeah, absolutely. And I talk about these often because the more and more I work with individuals, the more and more I see them. And I know for sure now that they are absolutely universal. And I really believe the reason that article did go viral is because so many people resonated with it. So the three thoughts are this. The first one is, who am I to speak? So there's this real underlying belief of, well, who am I? Why would anyone care? Why do I matter? I'm I'm not the CEO of a company or I'm not a celebrity. So why would anyone want to listen to me? And in many ways, that is a hangover of that outdated mindset of before. You know, even when I was in PR 15 years ago, I was so accustomed. If you had something to say, you had to go through the gatekeepers first before it got out to a bigger audience. So you had to pitch to the editor. You had to pitch to the journalists or the producers. You weren't just allowed to just put anything out there. If you wanted to just put something out there, you had to advertise, right? And so that was always very sales-oriented. Whereas now it's like you don't need anyone's permission. You can literally wake up in the morning and decide, hey, I'm going to start building a brand. I'm going to start creating a presence. And these are the topics that I want to focus on. And that is just such a mindset shift for so many people. So they're still stuck in the world of, well, I haven't been given permission yet. No one's told me that I'm good enough or that I can speak. So they're still thinking, well, who am I to speak? The phrase that I like to replace that with and the question that I think everyone needs to ask themselves is, well, who are you not to speak? And do you have a good enough reason? You know, it can't be lack of experience. There's plenty of people out there that, you know, are just starting out in their careers and they've developed incredible brands out in the world. In fact, the face of climate change is a 16-year-old or she might be 17-year-old girl now who just decided she was fed up and she wanted to make a change in the world. Now, the Greta Thunbergs would never have existed in the world or they wouldn't have had the same reach had it not been for social media. But there is a girl who just decided, no, I want to get a message out there and I'm going to do whatever it takes to do that. She's a great example. So who am I not to speak? That's what you need to replace that first one with. Who am I not to speak? And see if you actually have a good enough answer to not speak. Mm. The second thought is, well, I'm not saying anything new. So why would anyone care? I'm not saying anything new. And 
you know, there is truth in that. Maybe you're not saying something new. I'm an avid reader. I read a lot of books, especially around personal professional development. And the reality is a lot of the time they're saying exactly the same thing, but because it's a different person, they're saying it in a completely different way. So it's not necessarily the message, it's the messenger that makes the difference. And I always pose the question when I'm speaking about this to an audience and I say, okay, I want you to imagine, and even just for the two of you today, so I want you to imagine, Janice and Sarah, that I have written a speech and I want you both to deliver this speech word for word. You're not allowed to change one word of the speech, okay? So you deliver the speech. Now, the question is, let's say we've got an audience of a 1,000 people in front of us. Will the audience relate to both of you exactly the same way? What do you think the answer to that question will be? No, because Janice and I are such different individuals in that sense. And so, yeah, definitely don't expect the exact same response from the audience. Even though you've said exactly the same words, they're not going to resonate in exactly the same way. And this applies especially when you're talking about a huge broad stroke of society. It might be that someone, exactly the same message, but they resonate more when a woman says it, or they resonate more when it's a young man saying it, or they resonate more when it's a teenager saying it. So really, it actually comes down to the fact that it's not what you say, it's the fact that you're saying it in your way. It's not what you see. It's the fact that you see it in your way. And it's the fact that there is nobody else in this world who sees or experiences the world exactly the same way you do through your own personal lens of experience. So that's what people are interested in. They want to know, well, what well, how do you see it? How have you experienced it? What's your take on it? What's your unique combination of thoughts around a particular topic? That's what it's all about. And then the last thought, which I think is the most pervasive, is everyone will think I've got a big ego. Everyone will think I'm up myself and I think I'm much better than what I really am. And what I say to this one is, firstly, there is a term in science that's called the spotlight effect. Research suggests that we think that people are thinking about us way more than they actually are. So we have this idea that everyone's looking at us all the time. If we post something on LinkedIn, everyone's going to be thinking about it and everyone's going to be talking about it. Oh my God, Carly posted this thing. Did you see it? Hey, did you see it? And the reality is no one's really looking. No one really cares. The people that look are the ones that are meant to and they're doing it because for some reason it's related to them or it's resonated with them. They're the only ones that care. You know what I mean? Most other people will look at something you've posted. They'll look at it for three seconds and they'll forget about it. They're focusing on themselves. So that's the first thing. It's the spotlight effect and just remembering people aren't looking at you as much as you think they are or thinking about you as much as you think they are. And then secondly, if you happen to have a friend, colleague, or family member who says to you, oh, Mr. Big Shot, or hey, Miss Big Shot, oh, you're famous now. Oh, wow. Oh, starting a podcast. You know, I'll have to get your autograph now. And they say these kind of sarcastic comments that are alluding to the fact that they think you suddenly think you're a big time. What I have really 
discovered in that regard is that they are generally the people who are too afraid to put themselves out there. And so by you doing it, by you taking that step and showing up, it makes them really uncomfortable and intimidated because all that you're doing is shining a light on the fact that they're too afraid to do that themselves. And so they're going to project that negativity back at you because they don't like the fact that they're having to think about that, that X, Y, and Z is out there in the world, building a brand, expanding their network, developing new opportunities, getting a promotion, all of these things that they want to do for themselves, but they're too afraid to take those steps. So each and every one of those thoughts, I think it's really important to stress they are universal and it's not just people that are starting out in their career. I've had clients who have got, you know, too many degrees to count. They've got all the credibility. They've got the role title. They should be feeling entirely confident, but they still are questioning, who am I to speak? I'm not saying anything new, so why would I care? And everyone will think I'm up myself. You have to be aware of those thoughts and in many ways take control to coach yourself out of those thoughts because they're going to keep coming up the more and more you stretch your comfort zone the more you get out there so i kind of have a cheeky follow-up question right it is important to own your narrative and understand that your unique experiences yes you are and you know with that you do have a unique story to tell but is there such a thing as bragging and overselling yourself on social media or linkedin and how do you find that sweet spot Yeah, putting yourself out there and not coming across as like a big brag. I don't like to say that anyone's doing social media wrong. Before I was proactively on social media, it was very easy to be on the sidelines and point fingers and say, oh, they're doing it wrong. Oh, you know, what a braggart. And, you know, and really just throw stones basically. And then once you're in it and you're doing it, you realize that, well, maybe those people are still finding their way. They're still trying to get to a point where they have kind of got into the groove and they're understanding what value they want to offer to their audience and, you know, what it is that they want to be known for. If you focus on adding value to your audience, it's very difficult to fall into that trap of just talking about yourself and it being all about the the Carly show or the the Sarah show or the Janice show. It's actually more about, hey, I'm showing up, I'm sharing my experiences, but I'm doing it because these are the lessons that I've learned that I want to give to you. Okay, yes, I've won this award, but what I've learned through the experience is dit, dit, dit. Or, you know, I've got this new role and or I'm expanding in this way or I've achieved this so-and-so. And what I've learned through this is D-d-d-d-d. I always say to my clients when they're starting to develop their content and starting to think about putting themselves out there on social media, that if they constantly ask themselves, what is in this for the reader, then it does change their approach and their style because they've suddenly shifted the focus off what can I do to make me myself look good and what can I do to make myself sound really good to what can I do to actually help the people that are connected to me? What can I give back? What can I share? And so that changes everything. So it's just a mindset shift. You know, true 
self-promotion is actually about selflessly putting yourself out there to help other people and and developing that influence, developing that platform so that you can have a positive impact on all of the people that are following you. And I quite frankly want more people to have influence. These clients that I'm working with, I want them to have influence. I want them to have robust followings because I genuinely know they can add value to the people that they connect with. So that's what it's all about for me. And to get over that hump of just it being about the person or bragging. And I know that there are those people out there, but perhaps they're just finding their way. Definitely something that maybe Janice and myself even are navigating, right? As we are also considered early in career professionals and Mm -hmm. figuring out what is it that we want to say to the world? What is it that we have to offer? And what is it that we stand for? It's definitely something that we are slowly, but surely, I hope, finding our ways across. And yeah, Carly, on the topic of the actionable ways in which we can help to cultivate our personal brands, right? Now that you've shared with us on how we can have certain mental reframings and steer clear of these self-limiting beliefs as well as thoughts, So can you maybe kickstart by also sharing with us what are some actionable steps that we can do to cultivate our own personal brand? Yeah, and I just want to quickly add on that point, you know, you say you're starting out in your career, so you're starting to work out what you want to say and what you want to stand for. I think it's really important for the younger generation who are starting out in their career to recognize that that is their superpower. Their fresh eyes and lack of experience is actually their superpower because they're coming to the table with a whole new perspective that perhaps hasn't been considered. And so instead of, oh, you know, I can't put myself out there yet because I don't have the experience or I don't have the exact know-how, I would say to those people that, well, no, you you do know something. You know what is meaningful to you. You know what's important for you. You can look at how perhaps the industry is tracking so far and really from a younger person's perspective, add value by saying, well, this is what I think we need to do in the future. Because those fresh eyes and fresh perspectives are so valuable It's why there are in companies, there's the reverse mentoring. There's the younger ones mentoring up because there's lots of things that the younger generation know that the older generation don't. I mean, especially in this new digital era that we're living in, like you want somebody to help you with social media, go and speak to a 16-year-old who knows nothing but social media. So we can learn so much from younger generations and people that are beginning and starting out. So that firstly, I wanted to say that. Then in terms of what are some actionable steps for an individual to start really thinking about their personal brand and shaping their personal brand, the first foremost step is to know where you want to go. You have to have your future self in mind. You really need to start with the end clear. The reason for that is personal branding is not a short-term activity. It's a long-term mindset. It's not just about, you know, oh, I'm going to get on LinkedIn for six months and see how I go. It's about this is who I am and I'm making a commitment to being seen and heard for who I am for the long haul. 
I know I'm going to evolve. I know I'm going to change. I know I'm going to shift along the way, but I'm making a commitment to show up. And what that means is that right now, this is who I am. This is what I stand for. In the future, this is who I want to be. And that's what I want to stand for. Are there some things in that future self that I could start bringing into how I'm showing up today? So that's helping me to move in that direction. It's helping me to connect with people who would help me in the future as well. And there's a lot of incredible research about when you consider your future self, how that can have a positive impact on long-term decision-making. There's a gentleman by the name of Dr. Hal Hirschfield, who has done a lot of work in this area around this future self. There was a research study he did. They had these individuals, you know, there's that app where you can take a picture of yourself and it turns you into an old person. Have you seen that? It's Facetune. I don't know what it is. Yeah. So they basically had these individuals have those photos taken and they had to look at that photo of themselves before making some financial decisions. And they discovered by doing that, they made better decisions that, you know, were better positioned for the long term. And so he talks a lot about seeing your future self as a separate person and starting to really go, okay, well, what would my future self say right now? What would my future self think about this right now? And it can really impact and shape how you show up because you know you're doing it for that long-term vision. Because when you're showing up and when you're putting yourself out there, there's going to be ebbs and flows. There's going to be moments where you feel like you're really building momentum and it's really flowing and everything seems to be working. And then there's going to be periods of lull where nothing's working. You don't feel like you're connecting with the right people you're confused. So having that long-term vision is really, really important. And then look, on a very practical note, and because of what I mentioned earlier, in terms of the digital side of things being so important to how we're showing up in the world, it is starting to look at, well, how are you showing up on LinkedIn? How are you showing up on these digital platforms? And I suppose in making the decision of what platforms to show up on, you do need to think about, well, who do you want to connect with? And that's where that future self again comes into play. Who are the people that you need to connect with to get to where you want to go? And where do they, where do they play? Are they on Twitter? Are they on LinkedIn? Are they on Instagram? Proactively looking at those platforms, getting to know those platforms, understanding how those platforms work, and then looking at your digital footprint as a whole So that might also include a personal website, as an example. Those, to me, are the most vital steps right now in the world of personal branding. Think about your future self. Look at your online self. Those two selves are very important components of the personal branding puzzle. There's so much more. I mean, I've got a whole day workshop around this. There's so much more to take into account and there's so many subsections to consider and it it is so tailorable to each and every individual because we're all going in different directions, wanting different things, reaching different audiences. So it can be a difficult subject to just say, these are the steps because for different people, there are very different steps involved. But I would say those two steps are key for anyone, anywhere doing anything. I really like your 
tip on starting with the end goal and having the end in mind. And with that, being able to tailor how you want to start mapping out your digital footprint. Yes. So I think I think that was a, a really, really good tip. And kind yeah. of segueing into uh, you know another section that we wanted to touch about a bit more about people who, let's say, have already created their personal footprint online and they yeah. are now trying to think about how do I start getting those opportunities and how do I start creating and, and maximizing the people that will connect with me and, and how yeah. do I show up best. And you wrote about this incident, right, where you were sitting and waiting about no one reaching out to me despite me being really good at what I do. But you actually turned that situation around and attributed a phenomenon called recency bias to it. So we want to hear more from you about this bias and what are some practical ways we can start leveraging it to attract more opportunities into our lives? Yeah, I love it. So recency bias, for those who don't understand what that is or don't know what that is, is basically the idea that we think most about the things that we've recently encountered. So if you've been on LinkedIn and you've seen something that I've written, as an example, you'll think about that. And if you're seeing me show up consistently, you're going to think about me more, right? So If you've got, let's say, for this podcast, as an example, you might be thinking about, well, who do we want on as a guest? And I happen to have been showing up consistently and you're seeing my material come up. And the chances of you thinking about me as a potential guest are going to be far greater because you've probably seen something from me that week when you've started to actively think about, well, who do I want on the podcast? Well, this applies to everyone everywhere who has opportunities to offer. That they'll, you know, whatever the opportunity is, I'm looking for someone to fill this role or I'm looking for someone to speak at this event or I'm looking for someone to write an article or give a quote. The first thing they're going to think about is, who do I know or who can I think of? And without even knowing that it recency bias is at play, they are generally going to think about people that they've recently somehow encountered. They're the first people that will come to mind. So you can really use this on from a social media perspective to your advantage when you are showing up consistently. If you're not showing up consistently, then you're not really channeling the power of this. The second thing that comes into play is the familiarity principle which basically is that we like things that we are familiar with. And there's a lot of research around this. And this comes from the work of Robert Cialdini, who wrote uh, an incredible book called Influence. And so he talks about the fact that someone's encountered your name or your face over and over and over. Without them even realizing it, they will start to like you more. So again, this works in your favor when it comes to social media. And I remind my clients of this often because especially when they start showing up on a platform like LinkedIn, where people are conservative and they don't necessarily just like or engage with your post and your content because it's more of a commitment on LinkedIn. Because if I like your content on LinkedIn, my whole network is going to know that I liked it. So they have to really think about whether or not they're going to give you that commitment. Without getting any engagement, 
just by the fact that you are showing up, you are channeling the power of recency bias and the familiarity principle that people are going to think of you more because they've probably seen your name recently and they're going to like you more because they've seen you come up more often, even without them engaging in anything. So there's a lot of win-wins for you if you're showing up consistently and adding value and that every time they see you, they have a a positive feeling. I think you've just summarized it so aptly, Carly, because for Janice and I, as we're curating this podcast and we make decisions about what are certain topics that we feel will add value to our listeners, as well as what are the kinds of guests that we want to bring on board when we think about personal branding. That's essentially how your name came about because you have also done exactly that, you know, showing up consistently on LinkedIn. And you've also utilized as well as leverage on this principle of recency bias and familiarity yes. because you appear top of mind as someone that we want to bring onto the podcast. And we're really happy that this is the chat that we've made happen as well. Oh, thank you. It's exciting when you think of it like that. It puts so much control in the lap of the individual in their life and their career because they're not waiting for, as I said before, the gatekeepers. All of a sudden, you're now exposed and and it's not even limited by geography. You're now exposed to an international audience. And with that, all of the opportunities and conversations and connections that can come out of that, it is so unbelievably exciting. And when you really start to unpack that and get comfortable with that, it's a really exciting journey to take. And one I encourage every individual to to do. Thank you so much for that, Carly. And so one of the other guiding principles that we have on this Explore This podcast is for it to be a platform for very authentic and vulnerable conversations. And Carly, you are someone who epitomizes just that, right? What it means to be real with your followers. And in fact, if I remember correctly, you also have shared a very personal story of something about how you first embarked on this personal branding journey, something that was very personal and how it affected the way you approach this whole journey. I'm not sure if that's something that you might want to share with our listeners as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because I have a lot of people say to me, oh, wow, you're so vulnerable. You're so honest. I don't know. I don't see myself as being vulnerable. I just just see myself as being honest. So for me, the big, I suppose, awakening or the big moment that shifted and changed everything was my best friend dying unexpectedly. As I said before, I started to kind of take the steps to put myself out there. I had, you know, posted on that Facebook group that had then turned into a consultancy of sorts. And I ran my first little workshop. There are 11 women in the room. But even after that workshop, I really questioned whether or not I wanted to commit and whether or not I felt I had it in me to push through those fears and insecurities and continue to show up and and continue to stretch and all of the things that are involved in developing influence and getting your name out there. It's a lot of rejection (laughs) that comes part and parcel with it. While I was really questioning that and myself, my best friend passed away unexpectedly. And that to me was hugely traumatic on so many different levels and for so many different reasons. But one of the things that really impacted me was I knew she was about to launch a namesake brand, so a a skincare brand with her name on it. And that above everything else was just heartbreaking that the world missed out on that because she didn't have time. And so 
to me, that really is the driving factor in what I do today, because I really believe that everyone has something to offer the world. Everyone has something to give. But unfortunately, it sometimes gets hidden behind the fears and insecurities. And then we all miss out on it like we did with Judith's product. We, we missed out on it because she never got to do it. That's what keeps me pushing through the rejection and, you know, constant rejection and the fears and insecurities that come up. Thank you so much for sharing that very personal story, Kali. I love how it is really just about you being honest with both your highs, but as well as your lows. And that has all been part of your whole story and your own personal branding on social media. And mm-hmm. as we're coming to the end of the episode, we, we know that you've got so much more to share with us on and our listeners on this topic. But one question that we love to ask our guests at the end of every episode is, what's one thing, Carly, that you would like to explore more of? There's so many things that I have yet to explore. Putting myself out there was new territory. And even though I understand how to do it because I've done it for so many clients, it was still new to me and and the experience of it was new to me. Now I've pushed through that barrier. I'm now doing what I'm doing, but now it's about how do I turn that into a business so that I can reach more people and then help other people do the same. Because it's one thing to create a brand and to get your name out there, but then it's another thing entirely to really understand the different ways to, you know, leverage that and to build that into something that, you know, is more than just a brand. It's it's actually a business. That's something I'm exploring right now. And it's a topic that I'm really interested in. And there is so many amazing examples out in the world of people who have built a great brand. So that's something I'm learning and delving more into and hoping to help other people do the same. And we look forward to you sharing more of that as you journey on this um, together with the rest of your followers like Janice and myself. And so on that note, Carly, where can our audience find you to hear more um, of you as you share your story and your journey? So I'm on LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. That's my favorite platform and just under Carly Lyon. And then I'm on Instagram and also carlylyon.com, my website. Great. Thank you so much, Carly. We were so grateful we had this conversation with you and we've certainly learned so much. And it's been amazing to see how far you've come in your whole personal branding journey. And we certainly look forward to seeing more of you in the future. The three key learnings that we have had is, first of all, to have that mindset reframe of who are you not to speak? We definitely love that one. And secondly, to focus on adding value to your audience. And the last lesson I think we can take away from that is to be very proactive about thinking about what you want your digital footprint to look like and decide the right platforms and the the audience that you want to connect with. Thanks for sharing all these great tips on cultivating our personal brand and for giving us the motivation to put ourselves out there boldly. Thank you so much, Carly. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. If you've stuck around to the end of this episode, we want to say thank you for exploring with us. And if you don't already, please follow us on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review, and most importantly, share this episode with your friends. We'd love to hear from you. So you can also connect with us on Instagram using the Instagram handle Explore This Podcast. A-C-T-S-P-L-O-R-E This Podcast.
New episodes for Explore This drops every Monday at 8pm. See you then!